Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Innovation Friday, the podcast where we discuss new and emerging sciences and the vital roles that hospital and health system and pharmacy practitioners play in influencing and adopting applications and innovations in pharmacy. My name is Sophia Chai, Assistant Director of the ASHP Innovation Center. And today we will be chatting with ASHP staff members, David Chen, Assistant Vice President for Pharmacy Leadership and Planning, Marianne Clethermis, Director of Medication Safety and Quality, and Bailey Larson, Strategic Initiatives Associate, about some of the latest ASHP efforts around telehealth and what our members should be on the lookout for as it relates to the impact of telehealth services on patient-centered care. Thanks for joining us today. Well, let's get started with some groundwork. Marianne, the definitions and terminology used around telehealth vary. Many refer to telehealth, telemedicine, and telepharmacy interchangeably. We've also heard the term virtual medicine. Can you speak to this and how we can differentiate these and what ASHP considers to be the overarching term? Sure. Yes, as we all are aware, too frequently in healthcare, we have variability in the definitions of terms we use. Adverse events, medication reconciliation, medication therapy management are just some of the many examples. So I could even add to the list that you gave. There's digital health, e-health, mobile health, and then there's tele-rehab services, tele-nursing services. So there's many words being used. And telehealth, I would say, is more commonly used as the umbrella term because it seems to everything to fall under that. But even that has some debate since tele suggests telephone and most of these services are not provided via telephone, Mm -hmm. Um, audio, video, and that type of thing. So, you know, although there is no standard term, I think telehealth seems to be the one that is percolating to be the overarching umbrella term. And Telemedicine is the other one that's frequently used, and and that has referred to remote clinical services, but I would suggest that even clinical, the definition of what that entails, has some variability. So at ASHP, we have settled on, for pharmacy practice, telehealth pharmacy practice as as our term to describe any pharmacy services that goes across the medication use system that is done via any of these modalities. And uh, the reason that we did not use telepharmacy, even though that's been used in the past, is because many of the state's board of pharmacies in their rulemaking has explicitly used telepharmacy to describe remote dispensing only. And we're concerned about that not being a broad enough term. So with telehealth pharmacy practice, I think we reflect uh, the broad scope of pharmacy services from distributive services to the clinical services. Yeah, thanks for that, Marianne. Another question that I, I've, I've had is, what does telehealth mean for pharmacy and, and how has it changed practice, including now being a year and a, over a year really into this? What, what, what does the current state of, of telehealth look like? Well, I, I would say it, it's amazing how fast it exploded. And, you know, I, I, I've been doing some research in that area and, and just recently did a PubMed search. And, you know, before this year, 
There are about 500 articles published on telehealth a year. In the past two months, there's almost 2,000 articles published on telehealth. So it's certainly becoming a hot topic. And what has changed this year is, is I think the healthcare system has, by necessity, had to adopt and use it. So what we're seeing now is really those who saw advantages to it. I mean, we were able to reach access, patients who had access to care that weren't able to because of various social social reasons, no transportation, uh, living too far away from care. So we were able to do easier follow-up monitoring. There is some evidence coming out that there's better outcomes in, in certain populations. So I think where we are now is trying to understand where best to use it and how best to use it. And and the fact that it will most likely be part of practice. Now, I would say now, as we are coming out of the COVID pandemic, you're starting to see more face-to-face visits as opposed to 100% telehealth. But I think telehealth is, is still there. I've heard estimates that it'll most likely be about 30% of all visits because of the advantages that we've seen over time. Now, there's still certainly barriers, and, and those are the things that we have to figure out. Who's the best population to get this service? How do we overcome the barriers? And, you know, where is it providing value and not just excess costs? Yeah, that's a really good point, Marianne. And, and David, I know that you, you you're working with our pharmacy practice leaders, anything to add to what Marianne had just mentioned? Yeah. yeah thanks for that, Sophia. Uh, you know, I think that's what Marianne just mentioned, I think, is therein lays the challenge is how do you pick the service line, what what patient populations to ensure that there is value. But I think one, one thing that is clear that's emerging and, and, and actually probably a, a ne- it's necessary for our healthcare system to move forward is that telehealth has demonstrated that it does increase flexibilities, it increases the opportunities to have access to, you know, a pharmacist for, for medication management, and also increase the opportunities to manage, you know, populations from a distance. Mm-hmm. And when you marry that with, you know, I guess two other trends that are in the marketplace around, you know, there's a move to home care, there's a move to personalized care, and, and really preventative care. And, you know, when we look at the skies and scope of our health systems, um, this is going to be a, an arena that we're going to need to be more proactive in moving forward as we start to look at leveraging all the new platforms and partnerships, because if we're not, we're going to be reactive to some of the non-health system-based innovators that are looking to provide patient care. And I, so I think there's the pragmatic continuity of care of our patients, but there's also the comp- competition of maintaining our patients uh, through all their transitions of care within our health systems. To add to what David just said, I read a recent article about coordination of care and that it, it actually, if we can figure it out, might make it easier because you can bring all the people together on one call, you know, one Zoom call, you know, the pharmacist, the specialist, the primary care, the family that, and you know, so it may actually improve coordination where you can come all together and be face-to-face, which is nearly impossible now, and not rely on that word and somebody reading your words that are transmitted back and forth. So so that might be a benefit. Yeah, definitely. Well, telehealth is, is, is not going away. And 
I think the conversation is now to ensure that you know, ASHP is at the forefront of innovation. And, and, and when we think of innovation, sometimes it's about improving something that already exists, not necessarily creating something brand new. And as this continues to be a part of patient care, Bailey, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how ASHP is keeping up with the changing practices and, and the landscape as it relates to telehealth. Thanks, Sophia. I wanted to point on how Marianne mentioned coordination of care. I think that's really important and how ASHP is staying current. And also, like you said, telehealth is not going away, so we need to keep working on how we improve it. Two things that I'll focus on that ASHP has recently done in this area is our ASHP Commission on Goals and our April Strategic Planning Retreat. So each year, ASHP convenes a Commission on Goals. This is made up of thought leaders in healthcare and related fields to review healthcare and societal trends that impact ASHP members and their patients. The Commission provides guidance and advises ASHP and the Board of Directors on strategic areas that have a bearing on pharmacy practice. So this year, the Commission focused on strategies to optimize medication outcomes through the use of telehealth. Members of the Commission were selected from key leaders in pharmacy, medicine, nursing, IT, government, and other healthcare associations and academia for their unique ability to discuss the rapid evolution and application of telehealth in the past year and its likely effects in the near future. So uh, the commission met and discussed current and future landscapes of telehealth, including how telehealth models can be improved to facilitate advanced patient care, the impact of telehealth on the provision of care and urgency to achieve value for stakeholders, how telehealth will transform the healthcare workforce, including applications of team-based care, assessment of pharmacist roles, and necessary changes in education and training, which you've heard uh, Marianne and David just discuss. So the executive summary of the meeting will be published in AGHP later this year. The second thing I wanted to discuss was the uh, ASHP April Strategic Planning Retreat. So not only was our whole ASHP commission on goals focused on telehealth, but it was also a main point of discussion, as you can imagine, at our recent strategic retreat. This retreat invites ASHP executive committee chairs from ASHP sections and forums to participate in discussion regarding strategic priorities, key goals, and future directions of the organization. This year's retreat focused on an interim update to the ASHP strategic plan, and specific focus was made to key areas affecting our practice, one of those being telehealth. So through a half-day or so discussion, it was clearly evident that telehealth, virtual care, and evolving care environments are a large part of direct patient care in 2021 and beyond, and this will likely be reflected in the key objectives throughout our goals. Since the beginning of the pandemic, ASHP has also been promoting and advocating for proper infrastructure, reimbursement, and policy changes to support telehealth. And that's something that will likely remain a key priority. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Bailey, for sharing all of that. Another question I had was around the current state around reimbursement of telehealth and what are those things that need to happen for fair payment going forward? Marianne, I know you've done some work here. Do you, do you think you could speak to that a little bit? Sure, sure, Sophia. So really, nothing has changed in the past year. When the initial relaxation of rules came out in uh, March to May of 2020, 
We are still under the emergency orders and we're still under those relaxation rules, which allowed the audio video supervision, general supervision by a provider for a pharmacist to provide these services. And then the incident to billing um, still remains the same. What we do know is the physician fee service report came out from CMS in December and they put their plan forward, which they said that at the end of the emergency declaration that these emergency relaxation of rules would no longer be in effect except for a few. And they listed a number of them, but none of them were the ones that really affected pharmacy or pharmacist practice. But that was the old administration. So we're really not sure what the new administration will will plan to do. And I suspect that this administration is much more concerned about access of care than the previous one and less so about the cost, uh, cost controlling of care. So uh, there's been a large push from industry all, all over to keep all the relaxation of rules. So we'll see what this administration does. But right now, really nothing has changed from what came out in March to May of last year from CMS. Other than the current plan, again, from the previous administration, is that when the emergency declaration is removed, then all these authorizations will no longer be in effect. And they will no longer be in effect at the end of the calendar year of when the emergency declaration is removed. So say we improve and by September, everything is fine. And you know we start seeing that emergency declaration is no longer needed. The relaxation rules will go to the end of the year. And if it doesn't happen until January, the uh, 2022, the relaxation rules will end at the end of 2022 or December 2022. But uh, things could change because we have a new administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Still some questions there for us with the future of telehealth. And one thing that I've been thinking about is where ASHP can leverage information from some of our key leaders and members. Our Pharmacy Executive Leadership Alliance, or Pella, was launched in 2020. Uh, David, do you think that you could tell us, you know, a little bit more about Pella and, and, and maybe the latest event in, in the works right now regarding telehealth? Yeah, great. Thanks, Sophia. Uh, so Pella Pharmacy Executive Leadership Alliance, as you know, it was created uh, last year. And the purpose behind Pella is to create community and events, you know, focused for all pharmacy executives and most specifically with those multi-hospital system chief pharmacy officers and vice presidents and other system leaders uh, with our large multi-hospital health systems across the country. And we have this upcoming event, which is titled Telehealth Innovations. Uh, It was a a target topic that was developed by the advisory panel for uh, Pella itself. And I think it's sort of it's fitting, you know, based on everything that we've just heard already to, on, on our conversation about just the importance of telehealth. And, and I can say personally, I'm pretty bullish on telehealth and virtual health. You know, I, I see the signals that there's the opportunities that we saw with the decentralization of pharmacists within our hospitals, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s with sort of the growth of the ambulatory care clinic models that we saw during the 2000s, you know, leveraged through the use of technology. And, you know, this is um, when we look at, then also if we look at the cost pressures of our total healthcare system, we need to 
come up with new ways to reach more patients more quickly and more nimbly. And so that's going to be one of the things that the group talks about. We were fortunate to have uh, Dr. Mark McClellan is going to be our uh, keynote speaker. We have a really great physician group that's going to look talk to the, the, the members through the lens of what's happening from the physician's experience and physician training, and then a panel of pharmacy executives that are going to be looking at how telehealth has been used in research across very large enterprise multi-hospital health systems, as well as managing COVID care and long haulers on how do we continue to manage the impact of COVID. Because I think together, we'll see those opportunities but with this group. We'll, we'll need to start really sharing what are those actionable solutions to help address these opportunities? What should the level of virtual care services look like? Um, and then what part of that should it be the pharmacy service component? And then what can be sustained or expanded as we just heard from Marianne about some of the regulatory needs to ensure that there's some reimbursement that's involved. Although I do think that there'll be the use of telehealth where it will be part of sort of capitated care and the value-based model for reimbursement for total comprehensive care. So that's a little bit about what's happening this uh, in the month of May that we have with this telehealth innovation event and Pella. Uh, because what our hopes are is then to create that conversation among these executive uh, pharmacy executives and then turn it into a white paper that will ultimately be shared with membership that will hopefully provide pearls and a bit of a roadmap on how to make strategic prioritizations and sharing of some best practices on how telehealth is being implemented across health systems. That's great, David. Thanks for sharing that and very exciting, very timely event. Another group, actually, that ACHP works very closely with is Get the Medications Right Institute, or GTMRX. And currently, Marianne, I know that you're working with the telehealth delivery group. Do you think you can talk a little bit about what we're doing there and our efforts? Sure. And um, for those of you who are not familiar with GTMRX, ASHP is very vested in it. They are a founding member on the board of directors and a funder for that organization. So. What's really cool about the organization, if I can use that old word, cool, (laughs) it's multi-stakeholder. So as we work on our projects, we have physicians, pharmacists, caregivers, IT folks, pharmaceutical companies and other and insurers and consumer groups. So it, it it's really a multi-stakeholder group that's working to get the medications right. And that is the purpose is really to adopt comprehensive med management, um, which we know improves outcomes and reduces costs. So Bailey and I both work in that area and we're leads in the payment policy and the telehealth uh, delivery of CMM. And so I'm the lead for the telehealth delivery and, and we had four charges. And one was to review the literature on CMM delivered via telehealth. And, you know, interestingly, the VA has been doing this for over 20 years and they have some great outcomes. And so a lot of that literature, but solely out of the VA, we identified 16 very strong studies that show when you provide medication management, I think only one did not have positive outcomes. All the rest of them did have uh, positive outcomes when you deliver med management via CMM at least equivalent to face-to-face and then sometimes better. So we use that as a stepping stone 
to describe a framework to providing CMM via telehealth. And this is, you know, we've been talking a lot about white papers. It's sort of a document, whether it's a white paper, I'm not sure, but it's a document that describes the value to the various stakeholders that we can glean from the literature, uh, include the primary literature as well as some gray literature. There's a lot of gray literature out there about telehealth right now with people's experiences. And then we also discuss barriers and, and use the literature again to help propose solutions as well as the expertise on our, our work group to see or propose how can we solve some of these barriers so that this is a modality, as David said, that is going to happen. And we also created a companion paper on implementing um, CMM via telehealth using best practices. So that way our near completion should be ready to roll out within the month or so. And our last charge is actually hard to do this without having health policy changes so that you can influence policies developed in particular by payers and, and other organizations. So that's the activity that ASHP is involved with, with GTMRX. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marianne, for that. Related to resources also, you know, within ASHP sphere, what should members be on the lookout for? Open it up to the whole group here to chime in. I can start, Sophia. Thanks. On the ASHP website, under Pharmacy Practice, is the ASHP Resource Center. So if you haven't visited there yet, it's really a goldmine of information to meet your professional needs. So there's a telehealth tab there and also the ASHP Innovation Center and a lot of, a lot of other good stuff. So the ASHP Telehealth Resource Center has resources from CMS, HHS, WHO, and more related to IT, products, patient resources, measurement development, rural health, reimbursement codes, just to name a few. It's really a wealth of information, whether you have a quick question about codes or current definitions, or if you really want to do a deep dive into implementing successful telehealth at your institution. Other resources is ASHP Connect. That's a great forum to chat with uh, your other pharmacist colleagues. The website is full of good information for members to access. And I can also add that uh, in the publishing department, you know, working very hard currently is a telehealth ebook where a lot of the issues that we've talked about, we're putting all together in, in a, not a really long book, but a, a, a book that will address things like the terminology and, and what platforms you should, you should consider or, or we're finding as the best, uh, you know, how do you make a workflow? How do you, what's the best workflow? What are best practices for the workflow? We are also talking about revenue. There are current revenue that came with the COVID pandemic and the relaxation, but there were previous revenue sources that already were in existence. And so we will review billing processes and, and revenue in that in that book. And then finally, one of the most important things we need to do, as we know in any practice, is we need to measure what we're doing and, and make sure that it's quality care, it is meeting the goals of, of the care that we want for our patients and providing value. So that I suspect, I hate to promise, but you know, it's our goal to have that telehealth book come out shortly. Great. Thank you both for sharing that. Well, as we wrap up this podcast, I just wanted to ask the group, do you have any last thoughts regarding telehealth moving forward and, and anything our members really need to need to know and look out for? David, you want to start off? 
Oh, great. Thanks, Sophia. Yeah, I think that, well, number one, as we've heard today, that telehealth is going to create a new paradigm it already has to increase access opportunities for patients to their providers. I think it's going to be able to create an environment where we can get the right healthcare professional at the right time and the right level and intensity of care to our patients. But we we need to make keep some things in mind. We need to ensure that you know pharmacy and pharmacy leaders are part of the planning, the pilots, and the implementation, because we're, we've already seen some tipping points with site of care changes and the growth towards home based care and things like hospital at home that are going to require telehealth and distance care to actually make all these things work. And I'm confident and we know that it, you know, ASHP will keep advocating for the role of pharmacy and the associated reimbursement that comes with it. So I think those to me are just, again, being proactive and understanding that the external environment is already shaping itself to position the need for telehealth and that we'll need to continue advocating as a profession so that we're in the right place at the right time for our patients. Mm, very good. Thanks, David. How about we go to, to Bailey next and then Marianne? Yes, very well said, David. I want to echo that. And I also want to echo just for our members that we hope that you continue to use our resources and attend our events and our um, Connect posts and our podcasts and our pearls. But also, we want to hear from you. We learn from you. We want to hear what's going on in practice around telehealth and some of the challenges and wins that you're facing. So the ASHP Innovation Center is a, a great place to email us. It's ASHP Innovation Center at ashp.org. Marianne, I'll hand it over to you for your final words. Thanks, Bailey and Dave. Yeah, I couldn't agree with both of you more. I think it's a change, you know, and, and human nature doesn't particularly like change, uh, although we also saw how well human nature could do it as we completely pivoted to telehealth through the COVID pandemic. But it's a change that's likely to stay is what you've heard. And I think as pharmacists, we know how hard it is to come in after the fact. I think it's really important to be ahead of the game here, to be thinking about how we pivot our services with workflows to include telehealth in it. And this is not just ambulatory. This is also uh, one of our pearls was using telehealth within the hospital. So I think we just have to be innovative, which is why this is part of the Innovation Center, and be ahead of the curve, understand that, you know, we have a vital service to provide in this modality as well, and make sure we are providing it in a quality manner and showing the outcomes to prove it. Well, that's all the time we have today. I, I want to thank David, Marianne, and Bailey for joining us today to discuss ASHB's latest efforts around telehealth pharmacy practice. Before we leave, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's Innovation Center at ashp.org innovation. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Be sure to join us every fourth Friday of every month for more innovation in pharmacy. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.